moment. James 4, 7 and 8 says this. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. It says to purify your hearts, you double-minded. That word resist is used two times in the New Testament. It's used here to what? Resist those temptations that will take your heart to the desires of the world. Now, I'm telling you something. You're not ready for war each day. You have fallen to the lies. Every day you've got to to focus and say, Lord, I'm going to fight against the desires of my heart to go into the world. Now, you think you got it together? You're lying to yourself. Because I'm telling you, your heart will always want to do things in the world. It's just the way in the flesh and the spirit are at war. So every day, make your mind up. What are you going to do today? What, what plan are you about today? Your own plan or his plan? And so resist the devil. His duty that day is to do what? To get you tempted into the things of the world so your desire will change from him to the world. And it will happen unless you say, I resist him. And so what's going to resist him? You st- last year, last, I shouldn't say last year, last week, I pulled this thing out and I frightened a few people in the front row. I, I probably, I'm going to put it right down here. No, I'll put it here. So I won't hurt anybody. But I'm telling you, the word of God is it. If you don't know it, you have no sword. You can't resist the devil unless you have the word of God in your heart. You come to him and say, I resist you. What? What How are you standing there? So there's another time that resist is used. And that's what we're going to get in today. I, I was so excited to see how these two come together. So the war on desire is to resist the devil. The word resist means the holding one's ground and refusing to be moved. Guys, you ever, you ever, you stand and you say, okay, and you get, you remember back in the day, you used to be in those little brawls, those little fights, you know, and you always stand your ground, okay, this is, and or you see the boxers are standing their ground, you know, what, you stand and you don't want to be moved, who wants to be moved, who, anybody here like to be pushed? Do you remember when you're a young boy and someone pushed you, it's like, ooh, and you want to fight, no one likes to be moved, do you? Okay, this is my ground to be pushed off, no, we want to stand our ground, go ahead and push me. Right? That's the way we are. That's why we're designed. We don't like to be pushed back. So resisting the devil. Hold your ground. It says refusing to be moved. It's opposed fully. means to forcefully declare one's personal conviction. Where these un... We've got to stand and keep our ground. And that's what we learned last week. I'm going to go along with that. That same word is what we're going to do in this time. So resisting the devil, it's used twice in the New Testament. One, it has to do with the tempt. It's both of them's temptations. One is to go after the pleasures of the world. In James 4, last week, this week, it's avoiding suffering. 1 Peter 5. And it's all about fear. Okay? So one is more desire, being tempted into the desires of the world. The other one is be tempted by what the fear is going inside you. I want to avoid the suffering. I want to stay away from the suffering. Both of those, God says, resist. So we're going to go into that today. So Philippians 129, let me set a foundation. For you, it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but to also, but to also suffer for his sake. Now, I read that over and over again. I said, how can I read this to make me feel better? I don't feel very good about this one. 
I read it and say, okay, for you, for me, it has been granted, been given by God. It's been granted to you by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's granted, well, I'd like to take what God has granted to me, right? It's not a choice. I've granted this to you. Now it says, for Christ's sake, Christ died for me. My wife said it very clearly up here. He died for me. He took my cross. He took my cross. For his sake, should I not do something in return? He owns, he owns me. I'm his slave. He's my master. What can I do? For Christ's sake, not only to believe in him. What's believing in Christ give you? Faith in Christ gives you what? Everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? A savior of the world takes you away from the, the, the sting of death and takes you to, to life with him. It's, believing in him gives you that. Those who believe in the Lord. And it, then it says, but also to suffer for his sake. I don't like that word. Does anybody like that word? I can, uh, can you remove that? Can I just, it's in blue. Can I just erase, can I erase that out of there? Suffer, what does believing and suffering, why, why are they mixed together and sewn in the same fabric of his word? Because you cannot separate them. If you believe in him, you will suffer for him. If you believe, you, and I, I didn't like that. So I said, okay, can I find someplace else where it convinced me? No. Well, here, let's go to 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Okay, now they bring the mighty hand of God into this. Okay, can I argue that? No, I can't. He may exalt you at the proper time. I like that. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I'm, I'm in that. Yet you, you get a hold of that. Is everybody okay with that verse? That's a good one. We can hold on to that. Humble yourselves, okay? If I humble myself before God, he is there to exalt me at proper time. And he says, cast your anxieties. Doesn't that good? Cast your anxieties on him. Those things that have you anxious and fearful. It says to cast them. And cast doesn't mean hold on to them and say, here, here it is. Can, I, can we work together? No, he said, cast them. Throw them on him. Get them away from you. Cast them away from you. He says, upon him, for he cares for you. I like that one. Can you hold tight? I'm on that one. I'm all about that one. And then it goes on and repeats. It says, be sober. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Be on alert. Cast your burdens upon him and your anxiety on him. He cares for you. I love it. And then he says, okay, be on alert. Your adversary, we know him, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Roaring lion. You know what a roaring lion does? You ever seen a prey? See, you would see a lion that preys up on, on getting close to what he wants to jump on and eat. He's hungry. Do you notice he's very quiet? What does a roaring lion do? A roaring lion does it to petrify you, to keep you scared to death. You cannot move. It's to paralyze you. That's what the roar of a lion does. Have you ever heard it before? You can hear it from miles. It's frightening. And so when a prey hears that, they're going, and all of a sudden, lunch. It's to freeze you. It's to paralyze you. It's to keep you right where the devil wants you. I'm going to scare you so you stay right there. I'm going to roar 
See, if he's just prowling around being a little deceiver, then you would probably not know he's there. He doesn't, he see, he prowls, he says, oh, there's somebody. And then he roars, he roars at you, so he petrifies you, and you cannot move. He says, now I've got you, right where I want you to be. And he says, but here, I love it, I like the butts. The butts are good. This is being recorded. I better make sure that they know what that means. B-U-T. Resist him. Res- but resist him. Firm in your faith. Firm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fa- how many people have faith in Christ? How many people believe they're faithful in him? Well, faith is not separated from resist. If you're not resisting, are you really faithful? Do you really know what faithful means? To resist him. Firm. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same experiences of, there's that word again. I tried to erase it. I can't. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences that, it says, of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Which means this. At this time, Peter was talking to a church that was separated was beaten, was persecuted to the point where they had to scatter. He was speaking to all of them, all over the place, knowing that my brothers over here are suffering. They're accomplishing the suffering in Christ over here. That's to put you an encouragement to me. My brothers and sisters here and over here are not faced. I'm not faced with it alone, see. See, often we're caught with this resisting thing and think we're alone. Christ says, you're not alone. This is my church. You must learn how to resist knowing that all your brothers and sisters are faced with the same sufferings, but they're accomplished in them. I can't erase the word suffering. If I'm faithful, I must suffer. If I believe, I must suffer. God does not suffer. He does not separate that word that we don't like from the rest of the package. It's all inclusive. Yours, your suffering is not uncommon. Others suffer. And so, shedding some more light. Let's go on. 1 Peter 5.10. This, this is good. Okay? We had a great scripture to start with. We had one in between. We're not sure about what the suffering part. And then we have this one at the end. I like to slam it home. This is we can remind of our enemy. This is the resistance part. If you resist him, he promises you something. If you learn how to come before him... And resist him. Now, this resistance is, we, we got to get this straight. It's not resisting the suffering. It's embracing the suffering. See, we are tempted to say no to it, aren't we? We'll say no to it. I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't look good. That, that, I'm going to flee from that suffering. You have not resisted anything. To resist yourself, get the clear thought. I must resist the thoughts of fleeing. I must resist the thoughts of fleeing or to turn away from what God is calling me to in the suffering. I'm going to turn from that suffering and I have just fallen to the enemy's plan. And I think I've done the right thing. Well, there's suffering. that I didn't see that clearly, Lord. We don't see it clearly. We never will. To embrace the battle, whatever it brings. See, how come I steal? And you go online, right? Google martyrs google persecution of christians google it you'll find all kinds of articles videos of what suffering all over the world 
people being burned alive, being beaten, beheaded. And I, yesterday I just said, Lord, I, I just want to do one, one quick research, and I'm going to pull up some of And I, I listened to about maybe an hour and a half of, of this. I broke. I literally, I mean, I could stand it in darkness and say, ah, I'm in America, land of the free, and just stay right here. And then all I have to do is come over to some of these other countries that being a Christian is not popular. Matter of fact, it'll cost your life. And all I have to do is go over there just for a moment and feel the pain. See, Jesus loved them just as much as he loves me. And why would he allow them to suffer? To me, it's like, come on down. Show them. You're God. Accomplished in their suffering? And I sit there and go, well, Lord, I don't see how they won that. <laughs> you know, really, all they had to do is deny Christ, and they would have lived. What, what, what's the duty of this? And they, so they don't deny Christ, and they're executed. I'm not quite getting this. And I don't think any of us will understand that, would we? Lord, I don't understand why people die and are martyred, but you say that was accomplished in them. Well, that's not, I don't want to have a God like that. You see, that's a, that's a, I'm not resisting anything. I'm, I'm succumbing to the devil's schemes. Okay, I want to flee from that. But the Bible says this, if you believe and you have faith, that the sufferings are partnership with that. So it may look different in America. It, it may not look like it does in Africa and some of those areas that, you know, would have a, a radical Muslim belief. Or it might look different, which means wherever God places you for your work, there might be a different kind of suffering. That doesn't mean tomorrow we're going to have to, you know, fight the government. Or will we? What's our country look like in 10 years? We don't know that. But I can tell you this. If the church does not suffer, we will become silent. I see most of the speaking in this world are the ones who are suffering. The ones right in the middle of suffering will speak the loudest. They'll speak God's word the clearest. And they'll speak with more conviction than anyone else. Those who have it nice and proper don't speak a whole lot, do they? How about our country? Take an instance America, just for a moment. Are we bold with our faith? Are we speaking out against those things? And I don't mean pushing. It's not hating people. It's embracing people, speaking a message that changes lives. Are we becoming more bold with our faith? Or are we become more silent in our faith? With silence, will always kill. It'll kill you. And so to me, God's calling us out of that. And that's why I love this last verse that we want to cover today. After you suffered for a while, a little while, I don't, after, listen to me, after you, are you disincluded? Are you not in the you? Am I there after I have suffered for a little while? Why does God wait? Because it's part of faith and it's part of belief. It's sewn in the fabric of that. You can't separate the two from together. They're sewn and said, okay, if you believe in me and you have faith in me, your faith is worked out in suffering. It says, for a little while, and then I love this, the God of all grace. Paul says it nicely. I am nothing without his grace. I am nothing but with his grace. And so it's like, okay, God of all grace 
who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Let me ask you something. Who's called in here today? If you are born again, you are called. He didn't, he didn't save you to sit you. So I'm telling you right now, if you, are, if you could say right now, Jesus is my Lord, you are called. And isn't it awesome to be a part of that group? It really is. And if you've not, not made that decision yet, I pray today before you leave this house that you will say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. And he will call you to your purpose in life. You, you can't just find it. People try to find their purpose in life all the time. And it goes down this path. Well, that's not it. And you get in a lot of mess. And there's a mess over here. If you find Jesus, you'll find your purpose. And when you walk with him, it says, God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Eternal means forever. And we get a little of that now. Will himself. Now, I made that real big. Because I want you to know something. If you learn how to resist the, t- the temptation of running from suffering and embrace it and say, God, I'm in the center of this, and I don't care what happens, Lord. I am with you, and I know you're going to strengthen me. Why? Here's your promise. He himself, Christ, Lord, and Savior himself will say, I will perfect you. I will confirm you. I will establish you. I will strengthen you. That, to me, is good news. His promise says, if you resist him, I've got an answer. Anytime in the word of God, God says, you must do something, he will have a promise that you will blow you away. He says, if you learn how to resist the devil in these tactics of taking you away from my sufferings I've called you to, I'm telling you, I will perfect you, I will confirm you, I will strengthen you, and I will establish you. And I want, by you, I wanted to say, okay, what does those mean? Well, I'm going to take each one of them, just because you asked. Perfect. He's going to perfect you. He says this, to fit, to join together, to compact together, to prepare, to perfect for God's full destination or use. Bring into its proper condition. Thank you, Lord, for perfecting me. Now, what else are you going to do for me? He says he's going to confirm. He says to fix firmly, to direct towards a goal. He says to support fully and make secure to make stand. He says he'll do it. All we got to do is learn how to resist. And he says, I will make you stand. I love that. Thank you, Lord. He says he'll do it. Now, what else? He says he'll strengthen. To make strong so as to be mobile. I love this one. I didn't think about this before. To make strong so as to be mobile, able to move in a way that achieves something in the most effective way. See, I didn't think that was strength. I thought strength was, okay, you're not moving me. Come on. Right here I stand. You're not. It says to make you mobile, to make you flexible, to make anything you go into be perfectly done in my name. I will make it effective. All you got to do is move with me. I'm going to make you flexible. Isn't that awesome? That's not the, thank you for strengthening me that way, Christ. And it says, then I will establish you. Oh, establish. I love that word. Look it up. In the Old Testament, where God establishes, lay the foundation. God has founded you, and he will ground you. He is all about making you firm in him. I don't know about you. I stand on the rock of my salvation. I stand on something that's firm. I'm not doing it on sand. I'm not going to sink. I don't know about you. There's about eight inches of concrete right here in this room. It's poured twice. 
Now, you think it'd be very easy to move this? Now, if I was you and I want to find a firm foundation, I would feel pretty good about this floor. Has anybody ever walked on sand before? Has anybody run in sand before? That's tough. Now, if I was going to try to find a firm foundation, I was, as soon as I start stepping off the firm foundation, it's something I would build, I get a little less secure. You know, never know what this could happen right here, right? I'm not feeling real good about that. Now, anybody on a ladder before? How's that feel? Not, Yahoo! I got a story to tell you in this house right here. As a matter of fact, see this beam right here? Which one was it? I think it was this beam here. See, we had to tear down all kinds of walls, and I got on the ladder one time. Thank you, honey, for bringing this up. If I don't tell the story, you will, and it won't be right. So I'm going to tell it as it is, from the horse's mouth, not a witness. Sometimes a witness doesn't see the whole picture. So I had my ladder up against this wall, and we had to bust all these walls. You should have seen all the walls in there. Anybody remember the walls? We were speaking Jericho. All the walls come tumbling down. And I was up on the ladder. I was trying to be cool, you know, doing my work. So I had my ladder up against the wall, and we had the bottom part done, and I had this top wall. These walls were tough. Two by sixes. Who builds a wall out of two by sixes? And on top of that, they had drywall, and then they glued another panel on, another drywall. It was like, a, it was like Jericho's walls. It really was. And you had a sledgehammer and everything. So I got, man, I, got, I got up on that ladder and said, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this wall. I'm going to take it down. And I didn't know anybody was watching. So I had my sledgehammer. I went from a little hammer to a big hammer. Now, anybody knows a sledgehammer gets pretty good size? I had one that was still manageable in one hand. Big head on it. Wham! And I'm hitting this thing, not fully seeing that that, was, that, that beam right there was kind of connected to this beam, and that beam was what my ladder was on. <laughs> now, I didn't see that right away when I was hitting it. I was thinking, I'm going to get this beam down. It's going to come down. I'm going to... That's going to be good. So when I hit that, and it started weakening, I, bam, and all of a sudden that... It's like a domino. You ever seen dominoes? Boom, boom, boom. And that's what happened. It went from that beam across to this beam and that beam. And I, I went, oh, and I went down. Now, does anybody remember seeing that? Not really. You didn't know the whole bit. And so I come tumbling down and everybody's looking at me. You know, thank God that Jesus really feels sorry for me sometimes. He sees the stupidity going, I can't, he's probably sitting up in heaven going, I can't believe you're going to hit that beam. <laughs> Think, I gave you a brain. And so I came tumbling down. So let me tell you something. It was good on the floor. You give me something to hit with a sledgehammer, I'm good right here. You can give me a, I'm going to bash it up. You take me a little distance off the ground, we'll say up to about that height there, and things aren't as steady. Things aren't as steady. So let me ask you something. Do, do you want to be firm established in Jesus? Or you want to be up on a ladder built on man's way? Let me tell you something. I don't want, all, you know one of the biggest things I'm learning by God's word? He wants, Jim, I want you to be quiet and I want to teach you something. You see, you've got to get rid of all that thinking through the years. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. And there's so many times that I have my own understanding. How about you? 
and you start climbing up on things thinking, this is going to be okay. All I got to do is hit that beam right there, and I'm going to just fine. And so you find out you're not so, you're not so smart. The higher you get off his, uh, of his firm foundation, the more messed up you can get. So I'm about you. I'm, I'm going to be on firm foundation. I don't know about you. I want to be established. You know, Lord, thank you that your word says this, that you're going to perfect me, that you're going to confirm me, you're going to strengthen me, and you're going to establish me because your promise is S and amen. Every time he brings a promise up, it is yours, but he'll never give it to you unless you do what he tells you to do. It's not handed to you. God's stuff is not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. Let me tell you something. He'll reveal to you those aspects. Is anybody here lacking one of those things today? Has anybody just looked at those four things that I just covered? Is anybody here today say, I, I, need, I need a little of that confirming. I, I need to be a strengthened here. And Lord, I need to be established. Because what I'm feeling in my battle is I find myself fleeing from it. I feel myself, I feel a little suffering, and I tend to, who's, who here has ever felt himself walk away from suffering? Now, you may think, well, I don't know what that means. Well, let me ask you something. Has God asked you to do something when you stepped into it? It got a little messed up, got a little stirred up. Well, this might not be the time. I'm going to step away from this because it, it just seems it's, and you walk away from God says, I said this. If you would have sat there and resisted the devil like I told you to do, look what I've done for you. I would have perfected you. I would have confirmed you. I would have strengthened you, and I would have established you in the mess, not away from it. So how about you? I'm going to learn how to do that better. How about you? Any one of those four things today you say, maybe I'm going to be lacking in that today. I'm going to be lacking in that. I want, I want a little of that. Now, we need to know how to resist him. When those temptations come for us to run from suffering, those times that we're going to say we're going to step up for Jesus, and that's not popular. Students, you're faced with it every time you go to school. School says you can't pray in school. That's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You, have, you can pray at any time. Now, if you're sitting in math class, I don't suggest you starting to preach to the class. There's a time, and God will honor you in that time. And you step out and say, you know, Lord, I know what separation of church and state and all that comes up about being careful in those things that are governmental because they have funds coming. Well, I'm telling you, you don't know your rights. You don't know how to stand. You don't know how to resist the devil. We don't flee from suffering. We walk into it. God doesn't lead us away from suffering. Matter of fact, he didn't say, all brothers and sisters, America, you'll be exempt from this. This is only for Africa and Asia. No, he says, this is for America. Matter of fact, we might be walking away from more suffering than we should have. So who's ready to stand with me? Now, that's a challenge. It's up to you. If you want these promises in your life, then you need to be able to suffer. And I don't know what that looks like in your life. But I one thing, Christ will do his part if you do yours. Okay, who's going to be with me? I'm willing to do a test here today. I want to be firmly established, strengthened, confirmed, and perfected in Christ Jesus. I want to be new. I want to, I want to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? I've learned to stand on concrete. I'm no longer on the ladder. I'm with you, Lord. I'm not building my own plan. I'm going to stay right where I know it's solid. 
And I'm not going to walk away and say, oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. I'm going to walk into it. Who wants to walk into work environment tomorrow? Who wants to walk into school tomorrow and had enough of all the things being said about you? And you say, now it's time for me to start saying what God says about me and also what he has to say about you. I'm not going to be pushed around. I've heard enough about haters. I'm not a hater. Come get to know me. But I'll tell you one thing. I won't set God's word to the side. I'm going to bring it right into our conversation. And I'm going to love you through this. There is victories at the end of God's word. I have it to say. How about you? So I don't know about you. That's what we're talking about. I'm going to pull it out again. This is the word of God. This is what we need. This is how we resist the devil. The devil says, you know what? You need to walk away from that because you're not going to win this. You say, devil, get behind me because I know what I can do in Christ. And I know what my, my promises are. As I walk in with my word, I know he's going to help me and perfect me. He's going to confirm me. He's going to strengthen me. And he's going to establish me. Why? Because I'm ready to walk into it and not from it. So that's what I want. I want to church. I want to walk with you guys. And I want to see this community turned upside down. I want to see school systems starting to say, I'm not sure if we can handle this. No, you can't handle it. Not when God gets in the center of it. Get ready for miracles. Signs and wonders belong and will follow those who believe. So let's suffer a little for him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord. I've learned two kinds of resistances. How can I resist the devil and he will flee? Is those times that temptations take me to those desires of the world. I want to resist that. And Lord, I want to learn how to resist the temptation of walking away from suffering. And when I should be walking into it. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to, you're going to strengthen me. You're going to confirm me. You're going to perfect me. And you're going to establish me. Lord, that's the promises when I learn how to resist. Lord, let's resist the devil today and step up into what you called us to be. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name. Yes. 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 Yes.